You've been showing houses wrong all this time. And today, Gantry Wilson from Huntington Beach, California, is going to show us how he puts fires into a house after taking them out only one time. That's today on The Think Tank. Hey everybody, it's Dave Robles with Think Real Estate, and this is Think Tank Thursday. I'm with Gantry Wilson out of Huntington Beach, California. Gantry, welcome to the show. Well, Dave, thank you so much for having me on. I feel very honored. I've been watching your shows uh, since you started them, and uh, once again, I appreciate having the opportunity to come to you uh, out of lovely Huntington Beach. It was raining earlier, and now we got a little bit of sun. Well, it should always be sunny in beautiful Huntington Beach. Listen, uh, you know why you're here today. I know that you have a system working with buyers where you close them and put them into a property after an average of one and a half times out with you. And that's phenomenal, man. And I've you know, referred a lot of clients to you down Huntington Beach and you've always put them in escrow really quickly and I never really knew how. And now that I know how, I'm really excited that everybody in the Tom Ferry ecosystem is going to learn about this. So tell us a little bit about you, about what's going on in Huntington Beach. Excellent, Dave. Well, thanks. Once again, thanks for having me on. Um, so the system itself, I, I put together kind of as a conglomeration of different things I've heard from different people. Uh, one of the things that stuck with me early on in my career, though, was that I needed to, to show a buyer between 10 to 15 times. A buyer looks at a house 10 to 15 times before they, before they make a decision. And so I was like, wow, that's a lot of times. And, you know, the average time that a lot of agents show them is three to four times out. So now there's four to five times. It takes a lot of time. So I, I started thinking about, is there a better way to do this so that I could consolidate that and maybe show them 10 to 15 homes the first time out? And so what I've done is put together a system. So we show a lot of homes, but usually I'm either one and done. And if I'm not one and done, then it's the second time out and we're done and we're ready to write an escrow and ready to open an escrow with them. Okay. Well, that's, that's uh, very interesting. I mean, I know a lot of people are out there really frustrated with working with buyers. Um, so I'm really interested in knowing how you keep it all straight and what kind of uh, details are behind in the system. So let us Absolutely. Know. So we'll go over that and that's exactly what we're going to go through today. Um, just to give you a little bit of information on my background. Uh, I've been in the business for 14 years. Uh, I have offices in Huntington Beach. I live in Huntington Beach. Uh, last year, production-wise, I know you were asking about this earlier, uh, we did, were able to help 52 families. So a, one a week uh, for a total of about $42 million. This year, we're so far already closed and pending. We've helped 25 families already, and we're at 25 million. So our goal has always been this year is to help 100 people, um, and we're on track to do 100 million. So that's our goal. Nice. Congratulations. You're off to a good year. And um, so tell us a little bit about um, how does the system start? Tell us. So Yeah, so let's dive right into it. So let's assume that... Uh, I've already talked to the buyer, maybe it's an internet lead, and I've sent them to talk to my lender first. So before I even do anything, I have them talk to the lender to, to find out what they're qualified for. Because then after that, then I know what price range and, and what we're gonna do. Um, so then I bring them in, I like to do a two-step process. So I bring them in first to the buyer consultation, they sit down with me, um, and then not that day usually, usually the second day, is when we're going out and, and actually looking at properties. So when I bring those buyers in, what I'm typically doing is I'm sitting them down. 
I'm going over the, uh, the RPA. I'm going over some other stuff, talking about the process. More importantly, though, one of the things that I do is I separate. I have the husband and wife. I look them straight in the eye and I say, tell me what you're looking for in a house. I know that you said you wanted to do, you're qualified up to 800,000. You know you said you wanted three bedrooms and two baths. But tell me more. What's important to you? And so I'll have each one of them describe their perfect house. What does it look like? And usually I'll say, Mr. Husband, I want you to talk first. And Mrs. Wife, I don't want you to chime in yet. So then he'll describe and he'll say, yeah, it's got a great garage. It's got a fantastic backyard. Um, it's got a you know, good location. And he'll go through and describe what it looks like for him. And a lot of times the husbands will focus on the garage and the yard and those kinds of stuff. And then I'll ask the wife, what, what's important for you? And she'll say, you know, I'm, what's important to me is to have a kitchen. You know, really nice kitchen. I don't have to redo it. It's already set up. I want to open and light. Um, and so they'll start to describe a kitchen typically. But then I want to take it one step further. And I say, okay, great. So you guys now have described what you're looking for. Mrs. Wife, I want you to tell me, okay, let's pretend you're in that kitchen you just described to me. Um, you're standing there. You're maybe making dinner or whatever. Um, or maybe the husband's making dinner. But you're standing there. And what does it look like? What's to your left? And she'll say, well, you know, to my left is a great room, you know, that's open area. I can see the kids playing, one kid's watching TV. Okay, great. Now, what's in front of you as you're looking out the window, maybe? Well, in the backyard, I see a backyard. It's got green. It's got a big tree in the backyard. What's to the right? Well, that's the dining area. So then I have them visually imagine what the place is going to look like. And I do the same, same thing with the husband. Because many times what we'll find is that they've got different ideas. And a lot of times they've never even talked about it. So rather than discover that out when we're out looking, now I, I can try and I really try and have them describe what they want. And that helps me because then after I go into detail, after I have them talk and, and give me the whole spiel, then I send them away. And what I'm doing then is then going on online. If I haven't been to these properties already through, through broker previews or know the properties, but I'm going online and looking at each one of the pictures as I'm trying to select what I'm going to show those people as we go out. So I'm setting up their tour, uh, you know, maybe the next day. And typically I'm looking for a minimum of eight properties to up to 12 to 13. I've shown as much. So I'd say the sweet spot's probably eight to 12. And that seems like a lot, but don't worry. We've got like, I've got a bunch of little tricks that'll help keep it in, keep it steady in their heads. Yeah. I mean, it, that could really make it pretty confusing at the end of the day, but, but go ahead and continue. Yeah. So, so as I'm doing is I'm really trying to, to go through and, and look at each picture that, that the agents have posted. Hopefully they've gotten done some good ones. But I'm looking at each picture, trying to pick out what I think and, and from what they've described and from the personalities that's going to be the best fit. And I do something that most agents do, I think, is they'll start with the crappy one first and end with the best one, the ones I think that will probably have the best chance of them liking. So we'll, I'll schedule the, pro, schedule the tour, start with the bad, end up at the beginning. I mean, end with the one I think they're going to choose. Right. So as the day starts, so let's say now, now is the day we're going to go showing. What I always do is I have them come up to the office and we sit down in the conference room. And in that conference room, I give them a, a book. I use uh, Cloud CMA, um, give them a buyer tour. And I hand it to them. I say, hey, here's what we're going to see today. And we go over the properties we're going to see just briefly. But I always have them, we start at the, the conference table and we end at the conference table. We never end in the parking lot. We never end anyplace else. So we always end at the same place. We start at the same place, we end at the same place. So now it becomes not scary. That's the place that that's just what we do when we go out with the entry. So we start at the conference table, we go over it. And now what we do is we go down and we get in the car and we head off to our first property. In the car on the way to the first property, I tell them, guess what, guys? We're going to play a game today. 
And they kind of look at me usually quizzically and go, what are you talking about? And I tell them what we're going to do is we're going to rank these properties. We're going to see, let's assume we're seeing 10 properties that day. We're going to rank the properties number one and number two and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. We're never going to talk about again. They don't matter. So all you got to do is when, as we look at a property, does it beat number one? No. Does it beat number two? No. All right. Fantastic. Then we turn around and we walk back out. So I also tell them the same thing too is let's say we pull up to a house and it doesn't look very good. I say, you know what? Even though it doesn't look good, I want us to step inside the threshold. I want you to take a look at the inside for 10 seconds. And if still you don't think it looks good, we're going to turn around and walk out. Um, but I still want you, the old adage, you can't judge a book by its cover. I want us to really take a look at that property and the inside, not just the outside. Right. And I tell them the same thing about walking out. I said, I don't care if the owner's there or, or whoever else, you know, it's, it's, you're not being rude by saying, you know, this isn't the right property for me, right? As you go inside the door. To me, I feel like you're being rude by wasting their time if you know it's not the right property. Good point. Um, so now what happens is we go to property number one. And as we're looking at number one, I say, hey, is this, a, uh, is this number one? And they usually laugh like we've only seen one. And I tell them, you know what, it could be a number three. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, if it's one that you're not, you know is not going to be a number one or number two, it's one you don't like, it's really a number three, even though it's our first home. And they're like, ah, they get it. Right, right. So, so a lot of times the first home may be a number three. And so they're like, okay, now we're never going to talk about that one again. Now we go to the second property. This one they kind of like. They're like, you know what? Let's call us a number one so far. And the part of the reason in the psychology in, in ranking of number one and number two is I don't want them to take individual pieces of the properties. So I don't want them to go, I like the kitchen in that one. I like the backyard in that one. I really like the price in this one. And think about them as all separate kind of entities. Right. It forces them to think about them as one complete entity and, and judge it against the other ones. Because that's really what they're doing when they buy a house. You can't take the kitchen out of one and the backyard out of another. Right. So it forces them to look at it all as one cohesive unit. And it's pretty much yes or no. There's very few, there's very little room for maybe or sort of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's say that the, the second house they like. So they're going to call it a number one. So now once, I, once we have a number one, what I tell them is we're, the second part of the game is we're going to make up an unusual name for it. So it's not going to be one, two, three Main Street. It's going to be something that's going to be complementary and unique to the house. Now, complementary, I'm looking for something that's, I, I want this something that's preferably one of their hot buttons. So where the guy said, it, you know, hey, I want a big backyard so my kids can play. If there's a swing there, I'm going to call it the backyard swing house. Um, if there's something unique in the kitchen that, you know, that we're not going to call it the granite, ki- uh, the granite kitchen house, because we're going to probably see more than one house is going to have a granite kitchen. Right. So, but something unique in it, I'm going to try and hit on that. And that's going to be the name of the house. So, and they usually get into it after, but they usually like to play the game. Um, the reason why I'm having them give a nickname is because it's too hard to remember what the street is, but also I want them each time they say the name of the house, I want it subliminally to be reinforcing the, their positive attributes. Ah, wow. Yep. Very perfect. So, so now they're saying the things that we know are the most important for them, the things that are going to be, you know, make them smile. And now they're saying it over and over. Hey, that's the backyard swing house. That's the backyard swing house. That's the thing I wanted. So it helps kind of reinforce the things that we know are important to them. Yep. Wow. That's fabulous. So as we go along, so now we're going to work our way through the list and let's say number three house, 
is now moves to number one. So the third house we see is now a number one, and that number one house we had now moves to number two, moves down the position. So this one's better. And now we get down to the fifth house we, they see, and maybe that one bumps to number one, and so now the old number two is off the list, and the, the, the old number one now moves to number two. So we're kind of juggling these homes around, but only for number one and number two. So they've only got to remember two houses throughout the whole process. And that'll happen, and typically what I find is as we start getting toward the end, um, there's usually a number one and then a number two. Um, they're not usually neck and neck. Usually one's way above the other one, um, but the number two is kind of like, yeah, we can make this one work. And so as we go along, let's say we're now at the last house, and uh, that last house isn't one they want to consider. But there was one that was three houses before that that was a number one. What I'm doing at that last house is I then start texting the agent or the owner even, if it, depending on who's, who's the showing instructions, and say, hey, my buyers really liked your house. It's our number one so far. Can we come back and see it again? And usually they'll accommodate and do whatever they can to get you back in there. Right. Um, so now what happens is because they've seen 10 houses, it's really easy to get mixed up. It's really easy to be confusing. Now we go back to their number one house. And as we go into that number one house, what I do is I, because uh, you know one of the things I forgot to mention is throughout the whole process, I strongly believe you need to be in the same car with the people. Mm, yeah. And even if they've got a car seat or, or a kid, if they've got a, a kid coming along, I went and took a class down at the, the local fire station just so I knew how to install car seats in my car. Because I want to make sure, because that's your time to not only build rapport, but really hear like, what do they feel? What'd you think about that one? What did you like? What did you not like? I'm always quizzing them and asking them all these questions after each house. Yeah. And so that's your time to really get to know them. Yeah, I agree um, with that. So now we're going back to maybe it was the sixth house we saw. That's our number, our highest ranked home. We go in there. And so as I walk in the door, I usually tell them, you know what, guys? Uh, I've got a whole bunch of emails here I got to return, a bunch of text messages. You guys just go take a look around. You guys have been here before. I want you to spend some time now and I really want you to explore the house. I want you to open the cabinets. I want you to open the closet doors. I want you to take measurements if you, if you need measurements. I want you to envision yourselves here because if the home doesn't feel right, then it's probably not the right house for you. So, but I want you guys to go explore it on your own and see how it feels. And so I literally, I sit down on the couch and just and, and get on my phone. And so they go off and they go explore and do their own thing. At this time, I then step outside and I call the, the listing agent and say, hey, you tell me about this home. What's the motivation of the seller? What's going on? And even before, I'm sorry, let me, before I even do that, when I'm texting her to set the appointment, I'm finding out, do you have any new offers? Has anything come in? Um, what's happening there? Because if it went into escrow, we don't want to go back there, of course. Um, but I want to make sure I've got the latest information. And now I'm trying to find out, okay, well, how much, you, you know, how much room is there in that price? You know, what's going on with it? And it's really trying to find out the inside scoop on the property. Um, at the same time too, the next thing I do is I, as I'm sitting back down, is I'm texting my lender. And I'm telling my lender, hey, we've got about a 30 to 40 minute window and I'm gonna need you in about 40 minutes. So I'm giving them a heads up, saying, hey, this is what's happening. And I've already told them ahead of time I'm going out with these buyers. But now I'm giving a heads up that, hey, we found something, they're thinking about it, let's see what happens. And so now I'm sitting back down on the couch. And usually what happens is, is the buyers are roaming the house and this is their first time they've been alone. So this is their chance to talk about the house. Hey, what do you think? Do you like it? What are you thinking? And 80 to 90% of the time, they come back down to me and say, you know what? 
we want to make an offer. Right. And it's them that, that they're the ones that are telling me that we, they want to make an offer instead of me trying to do some clothes on them or trying to force them into something or whatever else. It's they're excited about it. They've talked about it upstairs. And they said, we want to make an offer on this property. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I love this gantry. I mean, everything is very purposeful. There's a lot of intention behind every single step. It's all leading towards, you know, that goal of making, of helping your client, you know, uh, make a clear decision at the end of the showings. It's fabulous. And it seems like your lender plays a larger part in this than just, you know, spitting out a pre-call. You're absolutely right. And so he even gets, plays a bigger role as soon as we head back to the office. So now after they said we want to make an offer, we head back to the office because remember we, we start our, our, our meetings in the conference room and we end in the conference room. So now we head back to the office. And what happens then is we sit down at the conference table and I'm, I'm all along I'm texting my lender, hey, you got 10 minutes, you got five minutes. Once we get there, I, I sit down with them and say, you know what? I know you're pre-qualified. I'm not worried about you affording this house because we wouldn't have looked at it otherwise. But what I want to do now is I want to have you talk to the lender and let's crunch numbers on the exact price that you'd be buying the home at. And let's just make sure that you're really comfortable because I don't want them to be pushed higher than what they're comfortable paying. Right. So now um, what I do is I dial up the lender on the conference phone, put them on speaker. And what I tell them is, you know, hey, I'm going to let you guys talk. You know, I don't need to know your financial situation or anything else. Let's, let me let you guys talk while you're doing that. I'm going to go in the other room and I'm going to work on the offer. So that'll give me about 10 to 15 minutes, maybe a little bit more, to type out the offer and get everything ready on the, on the offer part and to print it out. Um, when I'm done, what will happen then is he finishes his conversation with them. He then calls me while still in the other room and gives me the inside scoop. Here's what's going on. Right. The husband loves it. He wants to do it immediately. The wife's a little nervous, but she wants to do it too. Or you're going to need to work on the wife. Or you know what? They decide they don't really want to, they don't want this house. So, so now I find out what's really happening with them. That they may have not shared with you. Exactly. So a lot of times they'll tell the lender, exactly. They'll tell the lender way more information than what they're going to tell me. And I make a point so that even though the lender's a very good friend of mine, to not seem like that so that we're two separate entities and that they'll tell him stuff that they definitely won't tell me. And now I can find out really what's going on in their minds if they haven't told me that. Got it. Um, so now what he's done is he calls me up and says, Hey, Gantry, here's what's going on. And so then I go back in there and I sit down with them and say, Hey, how did it go? They say, great. And I said, well, does this look like the right home? How's, how's your, how's your comfort level? Does this look like something you feel comfortable paying? And then inevitably they always say, yes, it, it seems like it's good. So then what I do is I take out the paper and we go through the contract. Um, I go section by section and literally explain everything that they're signing. Cause I think it's really important that they know what they're committing themselves to at the end of that though. So now we sign off the contract. We put our, they put their big John Hancock's on it. I then take the contract and fold it over. And when I fold it over, I then take out a second piece of paper. That's a blank piece of paper and hand it over to them. And I say, here's what I'd like to do now. What I want to have you do is write out, the five things that we love about this home. So like, okay, well, we love the backyard. We love the kitchen. We love the location of it. Um, we love that the kids have an extra room. We love that all the things that are, that were their hot buttons, the things they loved about the house. And I say, great. And I usually tear that little piece off and, and hand it to them. And I said, what I want you to do is fold that up and I want you to put it in your pocket. And they kind of look at me quizzically like, why are we doing that? And I tell them, cause here's why, here's what's going to happen. So tonight, you're going to go home 
We're going to submit the offer, but you're going to go home and you're going to start talking to your friends and family like, oh my God, you know, look, we made an offer today on a house. Yeah. And everybody's going to have an opinion. Uncle Sally, you're going to talk to, and she's going to go, what are you thinking? The market's getting ready to crash. Interest rates are going up. You could, this is ridiculous. You're paying, you know, three quarters of a million dollars for a house. I bought mine for 20,000. Why would you ever want to pay that much money for a house? And then you're going to talk to uncle Harry and uncle Harry's going to go, Oh my God, you're the smartest person in the world. Real estate's the best investment possible. You know, even though interest rates going up, they're still low right now. Now's the time to do it. You guys are really smart. And everybody you talk to is going to have an opinion and each one of them are going to be like, it's going to be conflicting. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to freak out. And that's a totally normal part of the process. And when you freak out, I want you to take out that piece of paper and remind yourself why you're buying this home. Right. Because of the kitchen, because of the backyard, because of all these things. And you know, we're on, I'm on my fifth house right now. And every single time I've freaked out. In fact, the last time my wife was like, can't you, why are you freaking out? You know, you're a real estate agent. You know, we got it. You know, we know what we're doing. We know we're going to be here for a while. And I was just freaking out that I overpaid and oh my God, what am I doing? And that's what caused me to do this. Cause I'm like, she's like, stop it. Quit freaking out. And it caused me to say, you know what? I wonder if my clients are doing that too. Oh yeah. So now what I want, I want my clients to do and I want you to do is to anticipate and figure you're going to freak out. And I'm going to call you tomorrow morning and make sure that, cause if you didn't freak out last night or tonight, I'm going to be really worried because it's a normal part of the process and you should be freaking out. Does that make sense? Wow, that's some great future pacing there, Gantry. That's, that's really awesome. And, and it's so funny because every time I've done it, not every time, I, I try and do it every time. Um, I'm pretty good about it. There's been, I can literally think of like four times I haven't done it. And those were the times when the, when the buyers have, have freaked out enough that they wanted to cancel. Wow. Because think about what you're doing. So as we're taking them out, we're showing them all these properties and what'll happen too is they start going, well, geez, I didn't see enough homes. I didn't know that. You know, I don't never heard of an agent selling somebody out the first time. You know, I've never heard of it. And so they start to get, they start to self doubt themselves and they go, well, we just need to stop and we need to see more homes. And so by doing that, it anticipates that they're going to freak out. So it, it, it negates them doing that. And, and once again, that, that's totally been the salvation because I can almost, I can guarantee you if you don't do it, there's going to be problems. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. That's really phenomenal. So your lender able to give you background information that you may have not have. Um, you set them up for the freak out. Uh, you basically put them into, into a house after their first, first. Right. And, and let's say at the end of the day, we don't really have a high number one and number two. Uh-huh. At each time, once again, we go back to the conference room and we talk about, well, what did you like? What were the ones that were the closest? What were the, the things that, that were the most important to you? Because I get it. In this market, you know, we may not have 10 homes to show up. Right. We may have four or three. Um, but, you know, luckily we're starting to get more homes on the market. But as we get more homes, that's when we can be able to, to use this process. And we, and we even use it when we only have four homes to show. Yeah. Well, just keeping, you know, keeping the homes in order the way you do giving them that special name and not talking about the ones that aren't that are a three or higher it's just genius absolutely genius and so purposeful which doesn't surprise me because i've known you for a long time gantry one of the things i've always admired about you is that everything you do is intentional and purposeful and nothing happens by chance or accident in gantry's world and i, I feel, 
always admired that trait about you. Well, thank you. And, and one of the things you got to remember too is it's absolutely you've got to come, and I teach my buyer's agents this too, you've got to come from a place of wanting to help them. So you, you can't think of, oh, I'm going to force them into a home. Absolutely not. I mean, it's all about helping them come to the realization. When I walk into a house, a lot of times I can tell you if it's the right home for them or not. Yeah. And so you've got to be wanting to find, help them come to the realization they're finding the right home and also help them get, if they are freaking out, it's like, does it make sense for them? And is it the right, right thing? So in other words, the reason why I'm helping them get through this process is, is cause I know ultimately they're going to be happier. Yeah. And you're right. You're hundred percent right. Well, that's an amazing system. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything you want to add to this uh, that you haven't already? You know, I, I would just like to say, you know, uh, once again, Dave, I want to thank you for having me on. Of course, I'd be, you know, happy to and honored to help, you know, anybody's clients that, that is moving to Huntington Beach or Newport Beach or Seal Beach is where we cover and Costa Mesa too. But Anybody in the surrounding areas, we'd, I'd be happy to help you with your clients. You know they're going to be in, in good hands. And, you know, once again, Huntington Beach, I, I really appreciate it. And how can they reach you? So the best way to reach me is you can call my cell phone directly, 714-264-4626. 714-264-4626. You can email me at gantry at teamgantry.com. Or you can even just reach out right through here and, and send me a private message through Facebook. Perfect. All right. There you go. Thank you so much, Gantry. I really appreciate it. This is a, a system that people can go out, implement this weekend when they're showing properties and, and put more buyers in, in escrow. And uh, your, your numbers prove that this is a system that works. 39 buyer sales last year. That's phenomenal. Congratulations, bud. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. Take care.